Today is a very consequential day in college football, and not enough people are talking about it. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day on today's show. The death of the ACC is now clear and concise. We'll also talk the college football playoff voting today to move to a 5 plus 7 format, hopefully. And Houston basketball is like that. The goal of this show is to entertain, engage, and inform the three E's and part of today is the informed portion of this because the Florida state ACC situation has become much more clear per Andy Staples and Staples does a great job at on three of breaking down how this all works. Florida state and the ACC have it on the table to settle instead of Florida state having to pay $550 million or whatever it is to leave the ACC instead of Florida state getting handcuffed to stay in the ACC. It is now clear that the ACC itself is willing to settle. There is a number that the conference will accept to settle. The reason we know that is there was a document filed in Friday in Leon County court to try to dismiss Florida state's lawsuit against the grant of rights of the ACC. If you're new to all of this, Florida state is suing the ACC saying the grant of rights that it signed was effectively fraudulent and they want out. Now, if the ACC fights this and Florida State wins outright, they can leave the league. And it looks like they plan to do so for $0. The ACC doesn't want that. So Florida State instead says, hey, look, we're not paying $550 million or $530 million. We will give you $100 million or $150 million. Then maybe there's a way to move forward here. But to this point, we didn't know the ACC would actually accept that. Maybe they'll fight this in court. But then the document says this, and Staples does a great job of laying it out here. They say this is the, the attorneys of the ACC. It is simply a commercial possibility. That's the quote. It is simply a commercial possibility. And the Staples goes on to deduce that a school could buy back its rights. The ACC's legal team seems to invite a negotiation. That's what is com- that's what this has come to. We've talked about how the Big 12 asserted itself as the third conference this last year, despite Florida State and Clemson and Miami being likely a bigger brand than anybody you'd consider in this conference. The Big 12 has more staying power because the future looks so secure. The ACC, by adding SMU and Cal and Stanford, showed that that conference needed to backfill to 18 teams for fear of losing three teams, dropping to 15 or four teams, dropping to 14 and ESPN withdrawing its rights. So if none of that makes sense to you, I mean, welcome to the party here. Basically, the ACC has to stay at this certain threshold so that ESPN doesn't pull its contract. And if you know anything about college athletics, it's that ESPN and CBS and the major TV networks and Fox, they are the ones that pull the strings in all of this. The ACC is bowing down to ESPN, as is every other conference here. And now what we've seen, Florida State unhappy, they can get out, start over, do it all somewhere else. And it's what's going to happen. The, the league itself being so weak and kind of the point that I make to that is the Big 12 gets to shine here. The Big 12 gets to stay alive. The ACC is pac 12 itself. They did that when they said we are so weak and we know we're weak. So we're going to add three teams that don't make any financial sense. One of those SMU is going to come into our league and accept just no money. They're going to pay to be here. And that was embarrassing. And schools like NC State, of all people, voted for that not to happen. And then at the very last second, 
UNC, Clemson, Florida State, who all didn't want this, were outvoted, and Cal, Stanford, and SMU were added, thus making the whole situation with Florida State even worse, and now they want to go. And now what we know for the first time is we have heard vernacular out of the attorneys of the ACC that it doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag-out court battle where either Florida State stays, pays 500 million, or gets out scot-free. Instead, it is... It is simply a commercial possibility. Now we could see a negotiation and there will be a settlement. I'm calling it today as of Tuesday, February 20th. I hope everybody had a great President's Day. Florida State and the ACC will somehow negotiate a way out. You think about the exit fee and where it sits. Zero dollars is awful for the ACC. Five hundred and seventy two million dollars. That's the ceiling per Staples. That's the nightmare for Florida State. What if we can meet in the middle? And Staples makes that point here. What if 100, 150? What if the ACC said tomorrow, hey, $150 million, Florida State, and you can walk out of this and go somewhere else? The Big Ten, the SEC, be independent. We don't care. $150 million, I think, and Staples does too. Florida State will accept that. And that's why I believe we are close to a settlement with the ACC. But here's the deal. Once that number set, this is maybe the most important part of this whole thing. When you bring this to your water cooler, you have this conversation at work, maybe the most important part of this whole thing I want you to tie to is if tomorrow Florida State pays $100 million to exit the ACC, then Clemson will too. They can. Then Miami will too. They can. Then NC State will too. Then UNC will. Then, then these schools that can afford to cough up $100 million or can do so in order to make more money down the road will do it. If you've seen the contract that the ACC has with ESPN, it is not properly structured for inflation. The ACC and its member institutions are going to lose money by being in the ACC, especially compared to the new deal that the Big 12 has signed and the money the SEC and the Big 10 that they are bringing in, especially in expansion as the SEC adds Texas and Oklahoma and the Big 10 adds all of the people that they're adding, right? So what we've learned is the ACC is getting boned by its grant of rights, by what everybody signed that was seemingly fraudulent. There were some loose ends and some things that weren't exactly true, per se. Florida State would want you to think that in the grant of rights. And now the league itself knows it might not have a complete legal legal leg to stand on. And if Florida State wins, this might be the second most important part of this whole thing. If Florida State wins the lawsuit and gets out for zero dollars, so can Clemson and Boston College and Syracuse and anybody that wants to. So those are the two things to latch on to. Whatever happens with Florida State, if they pay a hundred million dollars to get out, somebody else can do that, too. If Florida State pays zero dollars to get out because they win this whole thing, somebody else can do that, too. Here, Staples says, should the ACC lose Florida State, Clemson, North Carolina, Miami, and any other school that wants to leave, it could walk away scot-free in the event that Florida State gets out scot-free. So I think, I, I don't even think, I'm calling it now, there will be a settlement, a number will be set, and whoever wants to pay that can exit. If there are enough teams, if four teams decide to pay that, the ACC can try to backfill more. Remember that magic number. They've got to hit 15 member institutions for ESPN to keep its current contract. So they can try to backfill, but that's just going to piss people off even more. And then when six teams leave, what can you backfill? You become what the Pac-12 became. That is the sitting, dying duck. And if I've come to entertain, engage, and that last E 
and form. That's what I want to inform you of. We are sitting in the middle of a crossroad in college football when it comes to realignment that Florida State has complete control of. And the ACC, through its attorneys last Friday, has backed down. The ACC, in essence, has said there is a number that would appease us. And not only can Florida State leave, anybody else who wants to will also have that opportunity. Why? Because if Florida State had a settlement and that's the number they settled on, why couldn't Clemson come in legally and do the exact same thing? Say, hey, that was the settlement number for them. We'll just sue you for the same thing Florida State was getting sued for. And the ACC will have its hands tied in that scenario the same way they are here. When this happens, the way it affects the Big 12 is I still believe there is a hope. Now, look, I I was reading a tweet about this uh, yesterday that said the dream scenario has like Miami in it and Clemson in it and UNC in it. And, you know, I've mentioned on the show Virginia Tech and Virginia and NC State yesterday what that would possibly do. But that still all seems kind of unrealistic. And I don't know if the Big 12 has enough staying power to grab a UNC even or Virginia based on the way that the SEC might value those two schools and the Big 10 even. However, Again, look at Clemson without a Dabo Sweeney in five years. Clemson's bad at football the next five years. That brand sucks. It's just, it is. It, that brand is just, it doesn't suck, but it's just Kansas State, <laughs> right? I mean, you look, look at, look at a Florida State. They could suck in football for five years and that brand is still good. They still have staying power. Same goes for a lot of those SEC teams and even, like a Notre Dame has that effect in Oklahoma and a Texas and Ohio State and Michigan, but Clemson? No, they weren't anybody that we cared about 15 years ago. It was being good that got them where they are. And for those schools in the ACC, your landing spot very well could be the Big 12 because your brand doesn't have the staying power that the SEC and the Big 10 want, and they can afford to be picky right now. Coming up, the college football playoff will vote today. The committee will vote today to move to a 5 plus 7 format, and maybe it'll get approved. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go when I'm, I'm you know, like rents coming up. FanDuel. When I just need a little pocket change, FanDuel is where I go because they make it so easy to wager on sports. Last night, I had Houston Moneyline, Norfolk State Moneyline, Kansas State plus 10. It was like $35 to win $60. And guess what? It hit and I get paid by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bets. Right. Throw $5 in the hat. If it wins that money line you have on on Texas basketball, then you get 150 bucks in bonus bets, quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Today, we will know whether or not the Big 12 gets screwed by the college football playoff committee and more so one man, Kirk Schultz, the president at Washington State. Once again, I want to entertain, engage and inform the three E's. And to do that, let me give you some context here. The college football board of managers is expected to vote today to approve a five plus seven playoff format. What would that mean? Well, there are four power conferences right now, right? Because the Pac-12 went away. So it was a power five now a power four. Well, what they want to do is have four conference champions, the power four. And the best conference champion out of the group of five, that makes up five playoff teams. Then the seven, the plus seven here, those seven come from the at-large bids. 
in this scenario, the six plus six is not good. The five plus seven is because an extra fringe team, which could be a big 12 team. If say Kansas state is sitting at 12, this is going to benefit you or 11 or whatever it might have to be. This is going to benefit you. Whereas the six plus six has to go to another conference champion. Well, in technicality, by the way, a Kirk Schultz who represents Washington state has the entire power as a member of the managers to veto this. It has to be unanimous to move from the six plus six format to the five plus seven. Now the five plus seven makes sense because there are only four power conferences. But the six plus six is still in play because Kirk Schultz has all of the veto power in his hand. And since he's the president at Washington State who got left out of the power five, now power four, and Oregon State is kind of in their little bundle with them, he obviously isn't very happy with what's happened to his school or his school's counterpart. Here's the good thing. According to Heather Denich of ESPN, he is willing to comply and he sees the fact that the five plus seven is going to benefit all of college football. And by the way, the five plus seven would benefit him because under the current format, the pack two doesn't exist since they've signed a proposal with the Mountain West for those two schools to play a quasi football schedule with the Mountain West. So with that, if it's a six plus six and now six conference champions have to get in and you say, well, Kurt, your team can't win a conference championship. You're not into you're, you're not in a conference here. What do we do with this? Like, you're not like five plus seven is going to benefit you because it's going to it's going to give another at large. You are an at large team. You want as many of those as possible. And if you're the Big 12, you want as many at large teams as possible. The seven is where I love the Big 12's odds at getting multiple teams in or as many as three teams into the college football playoff. Folks have called me crazy, but I say again, you have one undefeated conference champion, two teams that sit at one loss out of the Big 12. One is 11 and one. The other is 12 and one. All three of those teams will get in the college football playoff, especially if the format allows for seven at larges, as well as your conference champion getting in. That's a dream scenario for this conference, but it's also very possible. That is, if Kirk Schultz, who has kind of nothing and kind of everything to lose in this, just complies. Why would he comply? Why would Kirk Schultz, who deserves to get revenge against college athletics, give a vote to the five plus seven format? Why wouldn't he create complete chaos? Well, a couple of things. One, as I already mentioned, that helps him the five plus seven more at large team. So it gives his school a better chance of making the college football playoff. That's one. Maybe the bigger one is it. It's just kind of common sense. Like we can't occur if you withhold your vote and we stay at a six plus six, everyone's going to hate you right now. All of the committee and the ADs across the country and the presidents, they understand that this sucks. Like if you're a Kansas State fan, right? We found out tomorrow that due to your president or even beyond the university's control, due to something lackluster that you can't be a power five team anymore. You wouldn't like that. Like, I, I understand why this guy would want to go against the machine. However, we can't really like uh, the machine is still kind of helping you in the five plus seven. And also, we don't want to make everybody hate you because that's not going to do you any favors down the road. Here is what Kirk Schultz said. This is per ESPN. We've got to be a good colleague in the college football world. So he's given out the vernacular that he's going to change it to the five plus seven. He is saying without saying, I understand that we need to do what's right for this sport. He continues, we asked for the opportunity to have a hearing on revenue distribution that was granted. We have to be really careful about saying, if you don't 
don't give us, this is a great quote. It's a money quote. We have to be really careful about saying, if you don't give us exactly what we've asked for, we're going to hold up some other things. The decision has to be one made by us in Oregon State, and we're still going through that decision-making process leading up to the meeting next week. So if you're like me, you hear that. And let me, let me, uh, let me plant it in your brain. Don't miss this. He says, in essence, we don't want to hold up the college football world. He says, we're not going to be those people who say, if you don't give us what we want, we're going to try to pull, pull you back. Then the next thing he says in this quote is, uh, the decision has to be one made by us in Oregon State, and we're still going through that decision-making process leading up to the meeting next week. God, Kurt, you were right there, buddy. You were right there. You had us all. You had us hooked on, we're going to do what's right. We believe in doing what's right. And then you just dropped it with... But we're still thinking about what we're going to do. He ends the quote with, there's no assumption to be made that we have to get X to get Y either way. What does that mean? Maybe you can deduce it clearer than I can. But the presidents, the chancellor, chancellors representing each of the 10 FBS conferences and Notre Dame have the ultimate authority over the playoff. And Kirk Schultz is going to meet. I, I I do kind of love that he's there because this has held everything back. Like it is that we have not guys. Do you understand? We are what? Nine months away from the college football playoff happening again, in essence, right? Nine months away from deciding again, who's going to be in the college football playoff. We're getting close 10 maybe. And we don't know how the playoffs going to work. We don't know what the format of the college football playoffs going to be because of one guy, Kirk Schultz. Now, obviously, there's a lot of stuff that happened before that, so we can't just blame it all on him. But if he didn't exist here, we wouldn't be having this conversation up to this point. I just hope for the sake of the Big 12 and because it's going to benefit Kirk Schultz down the road that he does what is sadly the right thing. It's the right thing that sucks that he has to be the guy to do it. Right. We just we killed your horse. You're the one that has to bury it. But also, you don't want the stinky dead horse in your home yeah we killed it in your living room you still have to bury it sorry um do the right thing bury the stinky dead horse don't let it stink up the place sorry that stinky dead horse once buried helps the big 12 get more college football playoff teams and why wouldn't i like it the more playoff teams we get the more locked on big 12 goes i like that speaking of this is locked on big 12 part of the lockdown podcast network it's your team it's every day Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Town Solutions. LinkedIn Town Solutions is where I go. It's where I go. It's like I get bored. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go LinkedIn Town Solutions and see who is hiring. I'm not looking for a job, but I do love scrolling through there and seeing who's hiring. But also, who can I hire to be an intern for Locked On Big 12? LinkedIn isn't just another job board. No, there are a billion professionals on LinkedIn, and it makes it the easiest place to find a new candidate fast. So easy. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. They know that you're wearing so many hats and you might not have the time to hire. They make it easy for you. Two and a half million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. LinkedIn.com slash locked on college to boast your job for free. Find the next great member of your staff at linkedin.com forward slash locked on college. Terms and conditions do apply. There is one Big 12 basketball team that can win a national championship, and it's Houston. And I know you're freaking out. You're a Kansas fan, and you're freaking out. And I have said that Iowa State is my pick to win the national championship out of the Big 12 teams. It is. They are. They it. Whatever. Kansas. Kansas fans are freaking out. Baylor fans think that they deserve a shot and have a say in this. But if we've learned anything, 
Ken Palm knows all. In the last 21 years, teams that are rated top 25 in defense, top 40 in offense, have won a national championship 22 out of 22 times. There's only one team in the Big 12 that rates top 40 in offense, top 25 in defense, and it's Houston. Based on what has happened 22 consecutive years in college, this is not me saying, oh, yeah, subjectively or or based on what I think or my opinion, I think that Houston is the one team that can win a national championship. No, based on what has happened the last 22 years, if history has told us anything, I don't have control over Ken Palm. I am not the guy who decides that all 22 of these champions needed to be inside of these parameters, inside of these boxes. I didn't do that. Don't be mad at me. It's just the way that it is. Houston is the only Big 12 team that can win a national championship this season based on something that is tried and true and proven. And they proved again last night that their defense is legitimate. 28-23 at halftime, I wanted I, I wanted to bash my head into a wall. I knew it would be this. I Everybody knew that it would be a defensive battle between Houston and Iowa State. A rock fight. Big Ten football, meet the hardwood. And it sucked. I love good defense. I do. But man, the game was slow and it just didn't feel right. But then something happened. It became good. The second half was good and Iowa State stayed close. Now, was the officiating good? No. Once again, that sucked. And I don't like quick, very quick aside. Number six team in the country playing the number two team in the country. We should, with all of America's eyes watching, we should have a better display of officiating. We should have a better representation of our conference, but we don't, nor will it ever be fixed or ever addressed. For Iowa State, I still think this is my subjective take that Iowa State will go further than anybody else in the NCAA tournament because of their defense and because the flashes of the offense can show. 42 points in the second half is great. However, then there's Houston, who has a national championship and LJ Cryer on its team, who only put up eight points and didn't have a great game, but they still were able to notch 73, 45 of which came in the second half against a really stout Iowa State team, even when LJ Cryer wasn't on his game. That's probably good. And Jamal Shedd is just stupid, out of his mind, wildly solid. You need that guy. That is the guy that when they, the ball is tipped, there you are. You're running for your life. When that comes on, there's the one guy from your team that they show in like three clips because after you won the national championship and it is Jamal Shedd for Houston. He is that good. He is that guy. And they're going to win a national championship if, if any Big 12 team does, if Ken Palm doesn't lie to us. And I don't think Ken Palm lies to us. I didn't enjoy the first half. I loved the second half. The second half, we had more offense. We had more fun. There were sets. Kelvin Sampson is my dad. That was great. On the other side, I had the split box going on. My good buddy Pete Sousa was doing play-by-play for Texas and Kansas State last night. This one's first half also sucked. That split box of Kansas State and and Texas and then Iowa State and Houston was just not good. I did, didn't like either game. Just one of you give me offense. Tyler Perry, if I know, right? I keep making this point. Like, can Tyler Perry please just do basketball? Can he just do something? And I, I know that he does, and he's had some pretty good games recently, but last night it's crunch time, and the dude's just like, you know what? I'm going to come out here, and I'm going to miss some layups. I, uh, Jamal Shedd for Houston? Like, I, I need Tyler Perry to be that guy. Just the dude you're like, yep, well, the ball is tipped. There you are. And it's Tyler Perry, but it won't be, because Kansas State at this rate, 5-8 and eight in the Big 12, probably won't make the NCAA tournament. That said, We've had seven and 11 teams make the NCAA tournament before. 
And so Kansas State looking at you. I don't know. I, they're so bad. They're so poorly rated. They're so bad in net below UCF. I just don't think it's fair. Kaluma to Perry, who has great upside. I don't know. When Art's playing the way he's played the last couple games, too, they just got to start winning at home. Ah, Kansas State. The octagon of doom has been the octagon of fluff. Five in a row is a five in a row. Gosh. And to Texas, no less. Who's a lock at this point? Yeah, I, they'll they'll make it. They'll be in March. They'll finish. They'll go into March Madness with 20 wins, which is good. The Big 12. The hell, that's great. They, they'll push 500 in Big 12 play. I mean, their schedule coming up, nobody's schedule's ever easy. They go at Kansas, at Texas Tech, they'll lose both of those, but they'll beat Oklahoma State at home. They might even beat Baylor on the road. They beat Oklahoma at home. So they get they need one win in the Big 12 tournament if things don't go exactly their way the rest here. The rest of the way here, yeah, they're in. They're in. Kansas State, you got a lot to do, buddy. You should have just won this one. The ball is tipped. There you are. Disappointing and sad. Crazy day in college athletics. Crazy day. Crazy day. This has been always will be Go Savannah, Go Pirates. Locked on. Come back tomorrow. We'll talk more basketball. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.